Welcome to Maranatha Teaching Podcast. I'm your host, Femi Fenoyo. We have joined a series that I've been doing on Maranatha YouTube teaching channel titled The Bible. We have joined the series at the beginning of another season, which we have titled The Story of the Whole Bible. And let's look at our chart. That is the chart that we have been using. We are looking at the story of the whole Bible, and we have been spending some time here, some special, precious time, looking at the beginning. So let's read once again our scriptural reference in Genesis chapter 1, verse 31, which ends Genesis chapter 1. And God said, God saw everything that he has made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were sixth day. Then we jump straight into chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. Thus, the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the hosts of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he has made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he has made. And God, God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because that in it he has rested from all his work, which God created and made. Now, there are a couple of things that we have been looking at. We have looked into the first sixth day of creation. Now, we are looking into the seventh day of creation. We said, ask ourselves, what happened on the seventh day of creation? And we said, what happened is that God rested. But we are being careful that we don't read our contemporary understanding of rest into what the Bible is saying. We've seen so far that the word rest in the original Hebrew is the word Shabbat, and it means to cease. It means to cease, okay? We, are, we said that the word rest is we must not think about rest in the sense that God has been creating and he was tired and he was overwhelmed and then he has to take time out. No, that is not the word there that is being used. This word actually means that God stopped doing something that he was doing. But actually, we are going to see that God started doing something else. One of the things we will see is that the six days were laying foundation for the seventh day. This is very, very important. The seventh day is connected to the six days. The six days as a whole, as a foundation, as a whole a process of creation, and God then enter into this seventh day. And we have read in that place that God rested from his word and God blessed the seventh day and God sanctified. And one of the things that we have touched on, which we are going to still push into, is the fact that this concept of rest is actually connected to every other thing that we've been talking about, about creation. We said creation is not really about God creating, you know, physical things. Creation is really about God. Genesis is about the creator, just like history is about him. And also we need to understand that just the same way that the one to six is not really about the plant and the animal, it's about God doing those things. The same way, it is important for us to understand that the seventh day is not about the day, it's about God that is doing something on that seventh day. And this is very, very important. And we said this actually did not just stop in Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2. It pushed into the Old Testament covenant 
the old covenant, and it pushed into the new covenant. You remember when I was rounding up the other time, I went quickly to the book of Hebrews. I went ahead of myself just for us to see that even in the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ was talking about rest. Come unto me, all ye that labored and are heaven laden, and I will give you rest. And then Hebrew was talking about there is a rest that is still remaining for the people of God. And he said, we should labor to enter into that rest. And when we read Exodus chapter 20, and when we read that Hebrews, both of them pointed back to Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2. Both of them pointed back to creation for us to be able to understand this concept of rest. And I said that we must be very, very careful. We don't read our contemporary concept of rest into what the scripture was saying over there, that when the Bible talk about rest, and I did mention that we need to understand that that word the Shabbat, I've mentioned it now, and the fact that the, you know, the record or the narrative of creation in Genesis chapter one did not actually end in chapter one. It actually ended in this verse three of chapter two. And that when God rested, he's talking about God's ceasing, God's stopping. That is what Shabbat means. In other words, when God rested, God simply stopped from doing the work of creation that he was doing because that work has been completed. It has been completed as God wanted it and God looked at it and God said it was very good. It has met the purpose, the reason for which God has created it. Now it was plugged into the seven. Remember, part of that creation was also the creation of humanity. So when God entered into his rest, he stopped what he was doing, not so that he can discard it, no, so that it can fulfill the purpose and for what God made it in the first place. So the rest of God is not a place of idleness. It's not a state of relaxation. It's not a state of doing nothingness, no. Rather, there is an important concept that is very important that we see here. So let's move this forward. Let's try and understand this Sabbath rest of God that we read in this Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 3. For us to understand this, we need to explain it. We need to exegese it. We need to teach it against the cultural context of the ancient Near East. We need to understand that the Bible was not written in a vacuum. Quite a number of the things, and we have mentioned this over and over and over and over again, we need to understand the way those people that the scripture was written to in the first place, you and I need to understand how did they understand the scripture? What did they understand by rest? What was the cultural? Now, obviously, the the, 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 the Bible is different. The God that we serve is different from the, from the, you know, the idols that the the unbelievers or the, the pagan that, that they worship or that they serve. But the culture, you need, we're talking about the culture, you need to understand there are some things that the Bible doesn't explain to us because the people to whom it was written, they understand the culture. When the Bible says kingdom will rise up against kingdom, that actually means something in that culture. When the Bible says there are some of those things that will miss them totally, because we try to explain them from our own contemporary, you know, point of view. I remember somebody's trying to, you know, accuse the Lord Jesus Christ of not respecting, 
his mom because he, he says something. That is because this fellow was filtering what he was reading through from the scripture, was filtering it through his own contemporary culture. No, no, you can't do that. You are going to get the wrong end of things. For example, in my culture, when you greet elderly people or when you talk to elderly people, you don't look them straight in the eyes. In my culture, <laughs> that is disrespectful. In the culture that I came, that was born into, but I'm now in UK. Actually, in UK, if you speak to people, even if they are your boss or even if they are your elder, if you speak to them and you don't look them into the face, it shows that you are not confident. It shows that you are hiding something. You see, you need to understand culture, right? If 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 my 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 daughter or my my son is coming to me in my culture here, and they they try to prostrate, you would think, are they fainting? Are they collapsing or something? No, my children will not faint in Jesus' name. But in my culture where I was born, when you approach an elder, you greet them by prostrating or the woman, they, they bend the knee. But that is the culture. The culture is neither evil or wicked. Now, there are some evil practices in some culture. For example, people sacrificing things. So I'm not talking about that. We're talking about the culture, the way, the manner of, the manner of life, okay? The manner of life in the area that the way they think, the way their outlook on life, those things are very, very important. And you will see when you study the scripture, understanding the culture, the manner of the people to which the Bible was written to, understanding those actually goes a long way in us being able to understand what the scripture is saying now. For us to understand this concept of the Sabbath rest of God, God being the king, God being the divine, this divine rest, it is important for us to actually understand the cultural concept of divine rest in the ancient Near East. And scholars have already done the legwork for us, so we don't have to do the legwork, okay? So we need to understand these subjects of divine rest Okay, by looking at what they've told us about this culture of the Near East, and that will help throw light for us on the biblical concept of divine rest. Now, scholars of ancient Near East told us that in that culture, among other things, divine rest is achieved after acts of creation that brings order. Obviously, that is exactly what we see in the in the book of Genesis, in the Genesis account of creation. So that's the first thing. Divine rest is achieved after act of creation that bring order. In other words, you don't enter into rest until the work of order, the work of creation. What did we see God doing in creation? He was putting order. Remember we said this is about his kingdom. He was establishing order. He was establishing you know, relationship was establishing flow of authority. It was, it was creating and establishing, you know, relationship between the physical world and the living things, the living creature, relationship between creature and creature, but also ultimately relationship between the creation and him himself. So that's the first thing that the scholar have told us, that in that culture, among other things, divine rest is achieved with the act of creation that brings order. Number two, that divine rest is achieved in the temple. And this is very, very important. The divine 
goes into rest because they have completed their works of setting things in order. And that the place of rest is the temple. We are learning from the culture, okay, from the understanding. Where does the gods go to rest? The gods go to rest in their temple. The fact is that divine rest is achieved in the temple. In other words, it is the temple that God goes to rest. Is the temple, the temple is the center of order. And that will explain to you why the Lord Jesus Christ was so angry with the leaders of Israel. Because the temple is at the center of what God was doing with his people. Okay, the temple is very, very important. Where does God go to rest? Where is the presence of God? Where is the, the glory of God? Where do you go to meet with God? Is in the temple. And that is what's why the Lord Jesus said, you know, my house shall be a house of prayer. You have turned it into a den of thieves. And that is why the devil wants to corrupt the temple, wants to, to, to you know, confuse the temple worship, wants to bring in false doctrine because that is the source, that is the center of rest, is the temple. What does that tell you? The Bible says that we are the temple of God. We as individuals, again, I'm going ahead of myself. We as individuals and we collectively as a body, we are the temple of the Lord. <laughs> Remember, the temple is actually the center of order. The temple is the center of rest. So where does the divine go to rest? Is actually in the temple. So we said the, temp, the, the, the virus is achieved after the word of creation that brings order. Isn't that what happened when we are born again? If any man, if any woman being Christ is a new creature, all things have passed away. All things have become new. Then the temple is where God comes to rest. So God, God makes us his own temple. He takes the heart of stone, then he gives us his own spirit. He comes to dwell in us. We know you know that you are the temple of the living God. As individual, if you're a Christian, and as a body of believers, we are the temple of God. And the rest of God is where his temple is. But the third thing that we need to understand is, what is really happening in this rest? They said to us that divine rest is characterized by ongoing control and stability. Now, this is very, very important. This is the reason. This is what God does when he's resting. Now, remember what we said, that the rest is not that God is recuperating or recovering or relaxing. No, 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 no. Actually, God still works when is resting. So when the divine rest, they've done a work of creation. Maybe there was a disorder. There was, you know, confusion. They've set things in order in the kingdom. They've, they've vanished the, 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 the rebellious. They've vanished the, the evil and the wicked. They've vanished them. And now they're going to the temple to rest or they're going there to rest. The rest there, in other words, they've ceased from the work of, of creation, setting things in order. They go into the temple to rest so that they can what maintain and control and manage the rest, the order that has been set in place. The reason why what God has done should not go into this order is because the God of creation 
is the same God that sustains that which is created. And this is very, very important. So this rest, you know, um, in that concept of rest, is this concept of God actually maintaining what he has started. Is, is, is the concept of stability. And I will use that word very soon, is the concept of peace. Is the concept of God, you know, maintaining and sustaining that which God has created. So I'll, I'll go through that again. So this concept of divine rest, when we look into the culture and the understanding of the ancient Near East, which we now see that actually is revealed for us in the scripture, we'll see that the divine rest is achieved by act of creation that brings order. Number two is achieved in the temple, the temple being the center of order where the rest is actually administered. Why is that? It's because the same God that created the universe, that same God is in the temple maintaining that which he has created. You know, people always talk about maintenance culture. Okay, there are many nations of the world, particularly in developed countries, that don't have good maintenance culture. They may have fine edifices and fine programs. Oftentimes, where it all falls apart is when it is not being properly maintained. Okay, I think I'm going to stop here. I know today is a short one. I'm going to stop here by the grace of God, and we're going to pick it up over here. Remember what we are saying is, is this understanding that we have seen of, of what divine rest means, and we can actually now see it in the scripture that is about God. It's about God who has finished creating in six days, entering into his temple so that he can maintain that which he has created. And we are going to see where we come in as human. And if you are listening to me, God has given us a name that brings rest. It's the name of Jesus. Come to him today. Come to him. Ask him to save you and he will. Admit that you are a sinner, that you need him, that you need him, that you want him to, you can't help yourself. The, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Ask him to save you and he will. He will come into your heart, take away that heart that is dead. <laughs> Amen. He will give you a new heart. You will become the temple of God and you will be able to experience his rest. Do it today. In the name of Jesus. We sincerely invite you to check out our teachings on YouTube Maranatha Teaching Channel. They will bless you. Thank you.